Do you have an attitude for gratitude? And I don't just say that as a cliche. Do you really have that? Are you really grateful? Even going through these hard times, are you grateful for life? Are you grateful for family? Are you grateful for health? Are you grateful for where you are while you're chasing where you're going? What we're going to talk about today on this episode of The Success Code. Let's bring it in. Welcome to The Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking The Success Code. Success Code. Hi, everybody. It's Roy Red, five-time best-selling author and your host of this show, The Success Code, where we talk about positive ways we can reach our success and crack our success code. And today I am super excited. We, I told y'all as I build my audience, I'm going to bring my friends on because I want to bring them value so a bunch of people can see what they're doing and not just use them for value. And so we got my brother, Devin Ponce. What's up, brother? My guy, man. And I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh-huh. I've been looking forward to connecting with you and hopping on the show. So it's super dope to be here, bro. Yeah, we got so much to do. We got so much to talk about. Just just period. Uh, bringing our heads together and bringing some value to our own businesses and just to the world. Um, for the people who don't know who you are, you know, just introduce yourself and explain to them what you do and then we'll get into it. Yeah, well, my name is Devon Pouncey and uh I try to consider myself sort of a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of different things. I'm a journalist, so I work in the media sphere, um, primarily, you know, covering sports and politics. So um, with that, you know, I'm digging into a lot of different mm-hmm. things. You know, I'm a podcaster. Uh, I make a lot of news appearances, got some retainers in that field. I work for a nonprofit organization called Street Roots, where I'm a vendor program director, working closely with the uh, unhoused community. And so with that, I do a lot of advocacy work as we're a major part of our advocacy arm for the organization. So I'm often, you know, dealing with policymakers and things of that sort in regards to just trying to make the world a better place ultimately, though. So, you know, like I said, I wear a lot of different hats and I'm very appreciative of that because I get to kind of, you know, learn a lot in in a little bit of time without biting off more than I could chew. But yeah, yeah, man, those are a few things that I do for sure. College Hoops commentator as well. Yeah. Yeah. You do a lot of stuff in the community and um, just what always inspired you to do that stuff? Like we all want to help. We all want to give back. And I always say that if you do truth, if you truly have an attitude of gratitude, you always give back. Um, because, you know, like for me, I have the thought, like I've been blessed with so much, I have to give back. And so what always inspires you to always go do community outreach and really help in the community? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is just coming from a close knit community where, you know, kind of the human aspect of things are in the forefront and how life operates and really caring for the person next to you and for the people around you. And so um, even with the work I do at Street Roots, you know, I've worked with kids that have mental health disabilities with other companies. Um, like I said, obviously, I work close with the house uh, with the unhoused community, but I also get to interact heavily with some of the policymakers and the people who don't have that lived experience. So for me, I've just always cared about people in general. I've always been a people person. So anytime that I can interact with people, whether it's on behalf of them, whether, you know, they're doing it on behalf of me, any way we can support each other, I'm all for it. So 
um, fortunately, I kind of ran into a, a match made situation being able to work with the organization I do at Street Roots. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, let's talk about sports real quick. So you do sports broadcasting. And so yep. you're communicating your communication levels on a diff- different level, how articulate you are. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a cool communicator. You know, I speak and everything. But I just want to ask you personally, how do you stay locked in on the game and commute and like commutate like that? Like I would be missing steps. <laughs> I would be like, how do you stay so locked in? Is it a skill? Do you just get used to it? Yeah, I think just like anything else, it's experience. I don't think it's a matter of like necessarily being able to like overtrain for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of got to get baptized by fire. And so for yeah. me, I was fortunate to where, you know, I went to a smaller college and, mm-hmm. you know, after I got done playing ball there, I ended up commentating for the team. Yeah. And so with that, I was able to really learn kind of on a bit of a smaller level how to get it. And because uh, at the Division three level, the men and the women play on the same nights yeah. in the same places, I was getting I was knocking out two games a night rather than just maybe a men's game here, maybe a women's game there. I'm knocking out the women's game at six o'clock and the men's game at eight Uh o'clock. So with that, you know, my first year doing it, it was really a grind. And, you know, I I got better and better at it. Obviously, it's easy to stay engaged with the game because I love hoop. Uh, Definitely, even still as a commentator, sometimes are a lot more exciting than others, depending Mm -hmm. on how the game is going. But, yeah, yeah, just being able to kind of, really grind and kind of jump straight into it mm-hmm. um i got used to it i got a little bit a little bit more experience with it and now i'm able to do it at the division one level so that's super dope yeah so we just had a bunch of people hop on we are talking about having an attitude of gratitude with my brother devin pouncey uh who is a sports hoops commentator broadcaster and community outreacher just someone who has done a lot of dope stuff can communicate on a really high level so if you are with us on live, hop in the chat, ask Devin a question. Uh, that'll be on your right side if you're on YouTube. That'll be below on Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn and Periscope. We don't even know where you guys put in chats. Uh, let's see who's in here now. Uh, we got a few dozen people in here right now. Uh, Vic said, uh, after hearing uh, your intro, Vic said, uh, respect. Love, Vic, Vic, love, for what sure. What up, bro? What up, brother? Yo, Vic is super dope. Vic is, uh, just got hired on as an a r for 1017 Brick Squad um, with Gucci and them. And so, you know, we all we all tapping in, trying to do what we do, and, and he's heavy in the community uh, as well. Congrats on that, Vic. Yeah, yep. So, um, Devin, tell us about, well, before we go into struggles, because I hear about the stories about, as all the homies moved to Oregon and y- y'all basically took over the city, but it wasn't always <laughs> like that. Initially, everybody was struggling to get their spot and now everybody got their spot over there. But um, do you ever get nervous uh, when you're doing commentating and when you're doing, uh, when you're on the news, cause you're on big news platforms. I see all the time. Yeah. Um, I know I get nervous. Do you get nervous? And if you do, how do you deal with that? I definitely get nervous, you know, um, especially like you said, with those news broadcasts They're they're interesting because they're a lot of the time they're live. So, you know, you kind of don't really know what to expect from, 
you know, the presenter when you're hopping on there and sometimes yeah. questions could be all over the place. So um, kind of just going on the fly like that, I definitely try to always mentally prepare myself, but I more so just try to relax. Yeah. I don't try to like, you know, overthink, mm -hmm. nor do I try to like do something to overcompensate or distract me. I just kind of take a deep breath and I go. And yeah. once I go, we're going. So yeah. um, that's more so how I kind of navigate through that, being able to make a lot of these appearances, although I do still deal with the nerves like most people do. Yeah. You know, um, sports has done so much for my life. And and I see people's lives like I, I notice I have a hard time getting along with people if they didn't play a sport at a high level or yeah. if they did or if they weren't in the military. And it's just because we're disciplined we're able to speak straight to each other and not take it personal because we realize we kind of treat life like a game in the same way. We could be like, bro, you tripping in the, and it don't even like Fact. bother us. And so I want to ask how does sports prepare you? Cause I know it prepared me to deal with anxiety or, or, or for lack of a better term, but um, for the nervousness, because at the end of the day, you go out there, you get in the zone and you just handle it. So how does sports not just prepare you for this work, but for life. Oh man, sports teach you, teaches you so many lessons. Um, obviously teamwork being one of them. Like I said earlier, you know, I, I'm really into kind of the humanistic side of things when it comes to just life in general. And so working with other people, I think is necessary, especially for us to be able to progress to areas and places that we want to. Um, it, it never hurts to have help. And oftentimes it helps to have help more than more often than not. So, um, you know, being able to just really kind of work and interact with people, that's definitely helped me out. Um, because like I said, relationships, relationships have meant a lot to me in my career. And a lot of that just comes from, you know, being able to connect with folks on different levels. Mm -hmm. um, you know, also sports, it taught me how to like play in front of a crowd. Yeah. So when I'm doing what I'm doing, whether I'm making these appearances or, you know, whether I'm speaking on a podcast, mm -hmm. I kind of still operate in the same scope where I try to tune out the stuff that I can't control and, and focus in on the task at hand and do what I got to do to get the job done and ultimately win. So um, I tried not to kind of lean into maybe what this person may think or maybe what that person may think, yeah. um, because there's a lot of people out there obviously dissecting all of our work, but yeah. I just kind of focus in on the task at hand and whatever comes with that, I'm willing to take it and keep trekking forward. Yeah, that's clutch. That's clutch. Um, I feel the same way, you know, like I'm able to do stuff in front of a crowd, even though the nervousness is there, because it's just you just get used to it. It's like you're you're inoculated. You're used to uh, whatever stress they they say that. Yeah, really, really not stressful at all. But, you know, you just you care about it so much as you don't want to make that mistake. Um, right. I want to ask you. Um, as, just as a black man, because I know as a black man, you got to be two times as good to get half the opportunity. And so, all day. Uh, you know, for us to be like me, you, you know, Naeem, you know, Brad, everybody uh, in the team, for us to be where we are. Yeah. How are you able to manifest those opportunities, connect with people? And you obviously have to be extremely good at what you do just to be in that <laughs> position. So how... 
hard was it to navigate just being a black man and um uh in your profession? I think for me, you know, I'm aware of that, mm -hmm. you know, that it's two times harder for black men to be able to get into certain places and spaces as it may be for, you know, a white man or so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was fortunate enough. I had an internship and yeah. uh, I worked with one of the best sports journalists in the country. I mean, wow. so many awards on his resume. His name is John Canzano. Mm -hmm. And when I was working with him, uh, one thing that he told me, because he asked me basically like, what is it that you want to do? Nearing the end of my internship, the internship went well. Yeah. And I kind of went straight for the gusto. I'm like, I want to be able to do what you're doing. You're the one in the big chair hosting the <laughs> yeah. show full time. Like, I want your spot, <laughs> really and truthfully. <laughs> and, and he respected that and he appreciated that. You know what yeah. I mean? Because he's obviously been hungry throughout his career as being a sports journalist. But one thing that he told me was, just stay authentically you. Yeah. Don't try to switch up for this person or for that person. Just be you. Operate how you operate. Lean mm -hmm. into what you know. Lean into what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And don't let anybody sway you off of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I think it's worked, you know, in a lot of ways. Because mm -hmm. even in times where, you know, I went downhill, like I had a radio show, yeah. I got fired from the, or laid off from the radio show. Yeah. So now I'm like, what's next? You know what yeah. I mean? But always kind of being able to bounce back, I think more so had to do with me being me and people appreciating me for the work that I do rather than maybe like the platform that I do it for. Once you get in that situation where people respect you for you and how you work and how you operate, yeah. the platform I mean, it can enhance things, but it doesn't matter so much in regards to being able to actually kind of sustain it. So, um, yeah, I just do me, man. And if they rock with it, they rock with it. If they don't, somebody else will. And that's just kind of how you got to operate to stay comfortable and stay on the path that you want to, to, to get to where you want to go. Yo, just be your authentic self and they will adjust. Y'all say that all the time. Um, let's talk about kind of ownership like you know we do what we want to do we have um you know the careers we want but at the same yeah. time you kind of want your own platform as well so tell us about the wake up and win podcast kind of what's your vision behind it and um um what inspired you to do that yeah definitely man well you know as we've already talked sports has always been vital to my life and who i am i mean i don't remember a time either a not competing or b not covering sports so sports has been around since i can remember it as like a priority um yeah. so when i was doing my radio internship i still had another semester of college left and you know i decided you know i wanted to uh, actually let me let me let me rewind that a little bit yeah as i told you I wanted to, I wanted a radio show at that yeah. radio station. Mm -hmm. So I did what I had to do to get one, to try to get one at least, you know, mm -hmm. I, I made a presentation. I did a demo. I recorded a demo. Um, I, I just did all the things necessary and sent it off to the big wigs in hopes of maybe something will happen. Um, initially nothing happened, not like right away. It yeah. was short enough time span when something did eventually happen, but not right away. Nothing actually happened. And so once I did that, I'm like, well, I need to go ahead and make me a podcast because 
if I want to get better at this, if the opportunity does eventually present itself, yeah. I want to be seasoned as much as I could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And so um, at the time, I was really working close with one of my professors. His name was Dr. Jules Boykoff. And he's one of the like leading voices when it comes to the politics of the Olympics, like yeah. one of the biggest academias, you know, out there when it comes to that. And so through him, I started kind of gaining an interest in politics, but more so from a lens of sports. Yeah. And so with that, I'm like, oh, this is a perfect time. This is right around the time when Kaepernick started taking the kneel. I said, I want to do a podcast that focuses on the intersection of sports and politics. Yeah. So. After the demo went through, I ended up getting a job as like a board operator. I recorded a weekly podcast out of the radio station, which was Wake Up and Win. And fortunately, you know, at that time, I never connected it to the actual radio station. So it wasn't under the scope of the radio station, even though I worked there, because I wanted to keep ownership of my podcast just in case anything happened, because we know kind of how wishy-washy Uh, the media business can be. And so with that, you know, I ended up being able to use my podcast platform to get Mm -hmm. me a show. I've had some crazy dope guests on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got the radio show and then boom, what happened? I got laid off. So what platform did I have in my back pocket to where, okay, y'all might try to slow me down and obviously unemploy me, but I still got this platform of my own that I can keep and as my own and nobody could take it from me or strip it from me. So for me, it's somewhat of a passion project, but it's also really something that, you know, I I take pride in as being an owner of that podcast. So that way a platform doesn't dictate what I can and can't do out here. Yeah. Yo, so the GOAT, Casey Chuheke, just texted me and said, where is the live at? So we're going to give him time to hop on. And while we're doing that, uh, yes, we are going to – let's see who uh, hop, who hopped in here and said any comments. Uh, we are talking about having an attitude for gratitude. It's a holiday special with my brother, Devin Pouncey, who's a hoops commentator and broadcaster and owner of his own podcast and community outreach or someone doing a lot of things in the community Let's see what we got. While you were speaking, uh, Carrie said, yes, always be who TF you are. We know what TF means. (laughs) Um, And uh, let's talk about that. How hard is that to do? Because I know for me, I say it's easy. So things that are hard for me, I call it easy because I know what creating that self-talk does. If if it's hard for me, I just say it's easy. And it makes it easier for me to deal with it. But it's not hard just being your authentic self and uh, what I call making your your front door, your 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 front stage look like your backstage. A lot of people have a backstage and then their front stage looks like something completely different. But how right. hard is it to be able to be authentic and just be you and without worrying about the consequences? Um, It's a learning process, honestly, you know, because you really lean into wanting to be great. I think for anybody that wants to be great, they deal with somewhat of an identity crisis at some point, um, just because you can kind of overconsume yourself in wanting to be great. But there's still other aspects and elements of life that are there and that aren't going away and that you got to, you know, face head on. 
And so, you know, I think it could be hard being pulled in different directions because, you know, you got to take care of yourself day to day. You got to take care of your family day to day. Um, you got to take care of your responsibilities as an adult day to day. But also you have something that you're really striving to be great in and kind of finding the balance between the two, I think, was the hardest thing for me in particular. And I'm still working on, you know, finding that balance and keeping that balance, um, not so that I can please everybody, but so that I could feel stable and solid in my own foundation. Because yeah. if I'm solid in my own foundation, you know, being able to reach out and help and assist others um, will be a lot easier rather than if I'm kind of all over the place. So yeah. um, that's the main thing for me is just kind of finding that work-life balance because, uh -huh. you know, I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do, but, you know, I got responsibilities as well. I got kids, I got a family, I got, you know, things that, that I got to take care of day to day and, and just finding that balance between both is what I strive for daily to really kind of keep me happy and allow me to thrive in the best way that I can. Yeah. Uh, Lily says 100, 100, 100. She's agreeing with what you're saying. Um, Appreciate it, Appreciate it Lily. Said, she also said, well said, so true. Uh, balance is huge. Uh, balance is huge. You know that, Roy huge. Red. You, you, know, you a workout machine. You got to yeah. keep the core right for everything. <laughs> but everything else to work at its best. You, you got know what to. I mean? You so. got to. And sometimes to grow, you you make things strategically unbalanced just to grow, to, to build Absolutely. a better balance. You know? Absolutely. And, and sometimes you just got to kind of deal with the, the ebbs and the flows and the dips, you know, that may come with running that hill. But yeah. still, you're always striving towards staying balanced and, and getting to the destination so mm -hmm. yeah you gotta you gotta balance it and you gotta learn to give everything uh its necessary attention and we got the goat the the greatest of all time casey chuheke just said he knows what he's talking about when it comes to who all right so hey i call casey i call casey the guru man that's the <laughs> one who knows what he's talking about i love having who conversations hey with casey. if he say you know who you know who because casey knows who like casey yeah, he does <laughs> casey making me look good out here so i was uh with the orthopedist i told uh this orthopedist about peyton four years ago and he just yeah like, yeah all right okay yeah you know because he's an oregon fan and then finally, I saw him yesterday, and he comes up to me. He was like, yo, you said four years ago yes, about God, this yeah. kid. And I was like, I told you. like, And I was like, and don't sleep still. He's the hardest worker on that team. I can tell you that with 100% certainty right now. And a part of that is because of Casey. And so who was your favorite player coming out the draft? I like LaMelo. Hey, I think LaMelo, talk about I, I it. I think LaMelo – I think LaMelo Ball is ready. Um, I, I think he just has more of a natural game. Like some people have a college style game. Yeah. Some people have a pro style game. LaMelo to me has a pro style game. He's been playing overseas and playing professionally now for some years. And I think, you know, learning the game from that lens, we're seeing a lot of these guys come in from overseas and ball out in the NBA now. Yes. So I think LaMelo kind of has that perfect balance of, you know, playing ball at an elite level in the U.S. when it comes to the AAU circuits. Obviously, his freshman year of high school, playing with his brothers at Chino, and yeah. then being able to, at a young age, go and play professionally and be able to learn the game in, in a different way. But being able to put all of that together and all of those resources together, I think, 
can ultimately grow him into a very special talent in the league. Yeah. So LaMelo is who I'm rocking with. I always thought he was going to be a pro too, you know, even at a young age. But I yeah. think now, you know, being able to have all that, you know, in his palate, I think is going to allow him to blossom really soon, yeah. really early. And he's playing with Jordan. So he yeah. knows he has that pressure of playing with Jordan. And Jordan, I think, is going to really try to make something out of LaMelo Ball, especially yeah. – as an exec, because Jordan obviously gets considered as the greatest basketball player of all time, but he's a terrible exec. So this might be the project <laughs> for Jordan to really, to really make something great, you know, mm -hmm. on a big stage as an exec, because he's been shitty so far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to go see uh, all three of them play when they were on the team together at Chino Hills. And it was something yeah. amazing to watch. And I tell people all the time, like, I know, like, most people are haters. So when someone confident especially confident in their kids and LeVar says what they say, people just naturally just want to hate. Like it's funny right to me. Like I'll tell somebody like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I warm up with a hundred pounds and work up to about one fifties on the, on the press. And they're like, yeah, hey, it's just automatic. Like you're lying. I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> you're arrogant. And it's like, like, no, I'm not trying to be arrogant right now. Like that's really what I'd be doing. And so when people right. hear what LeVar is saying, Yo, if they ever play on the same team, and, and some people know Jello is slept on. Jello probably has yeah. the best shot out of the two. Um, I'm not saying been, he's, he's better than hurt. the other two, but he's a he's a league talent. And if they ever yeah. play on the same team, it's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be that's gonna issue. be crazy. That's gonna be dope, man. That, that's gonna be super dope. I think it's a dope story too, man. Just you know, hearing about brothers making it to the league, like, mm -hmm. that's so rare. You know, I was even on my podcast last week. I had Darrell Wright on, mm -hmm. and I talked to him about him and DeLon, you know, being brothers and what that was like for them to both make it to the league. So just really think about that. You and your brother both playing at the highest level you can possibly play at. That's a dream, a childhood dream of so many. We've all had the hoop dream at one point or another. So it's like, that, that's super dope, that and you got to commend that. And you know they're super competitive with each other. Like they love each yeah. other, but yo, we all got brothers. Like at the end of the day, every one of them's trying to be better than the other one. But at the Absolutely. same time, you want the <laughs> other one to win at the same time. Facts. Facts. Lamella's gonna be an issue. All right, Devin, we're gonna go into the to the red zone. The red zone Let's is where I just ask you some quick, deep questions where you can answer them. Um uh rapid fire style. So uh everybody who's on let's get it let's jump into the resume all right devin give me your top three books that changed your life oh that's a good one i would have to say uh black privilege changed my life uh-huh I really enjoyed uh, Charlemagne's book, Black Privilege. Uh -huh. uh, it was actually a series when I was really young that actually got me into reading. It was called Flint. Mm -hmm. I hated reading as, you know, a middle schooler and even coming into high school. Yeah. And I had to read this this series called Flint by Treasure Hernandez. Yeah. And it was like about street shit. It was about hood stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that really kind of got me actually invested and, and really mm -hmm. wanting to, to read. And then the third book I would have to say is Loving Sports When They Don't Love You Back because that's the first book that I was actually able to give a quote in. And it was a great read as well. Hey, there you go. There you go. Um, Black Privilege, I got it right here. I haven't read it. I got to 
I gotta jump in there. I gotta jump in there. It's a real book, bro. Charlemagne yeah. did his thing with that. Like okay. that book is the real deal, man. It's the real deal. I I I, I read it because I was working in radio at the time, and I was able to get like an early sign cop uh, copy because uh-huh. I was friends with the folks over at the hip hop station. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it was just being in the building. I was able to get it like right away, and yeah. man, it was a great read. Super yeah. dope read. What's a quote that you live by? When I do what I do, I do what I do like I'm doing it for TV. Hey, say that one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, when I do what I do, I do what I do like I'm doing it for TV. Um, Basically, whatever I do, I want to do it big. I want to be the best at it. Um, Obviously, it's a process to get there, regardless of what it is you're trying to be the best at. But I want to do it large, man. I want to do it big. Um, obviously I work in TV. Um, I make a lot of TV appearances, so I know, you know, you always want to present yourself at your best, um, when you're on TV, that's not to say you're going to escape mistakes and that, you know, you're not going to have slip ups and stumble ups and all of that stuff, but you always want to present yourself at your best whenever you're making those appearance appearances. So I kind of treat life that same way. You know what? That I'm gonna steal that because that's a thinking tool. So yeah, it's a thinking tool. <laughs> if you live by that, that automatically keeps you in integrity because integrity is doing the right thing when, uh, when people aren't seeing aren't what looking. you're doing. But if you're Max. living like you're on TV all the time, that's uh, like living yeah. like people are watching you all the time. So you're always gonna be integrity, always doing what you need to do. That's huge. You're on your toes. You're yeah. on your toes, man. And I try to live life on my toes, but. Like I said, I always want to kind of stay prepared and be at my best because you never know what opportunity may present itself next from that. So, yeah, that that's how I operate, man. Yeah, true. <laughs> Yo, would you rather be loved or respected and why? I'd rather be loved because when it comes to respect, it's like, do I care to have your respect or not anyway? Like, respect is a two-way thing. You know what I mean? Where love is... It can be a one-way thing, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want respect from certain people. Like, I, I don't operate how you operate, and your you respecting me might be to my demise rather than make me look good because we often kind of give that positive notion, you know, when it comes to the word respect in particular. So I'd rather be loved. I think love it trumps all. I know that sounds cliche, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think with love comes respect. And like I said, I don't expect to be respected by all because I'm not out to get everybody's respect. Mm-hmm. What is success to you? Doing what you want, when you want, how you want. <laughs> nah. There you go. But, Freedom. But, but I, I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you know, success is, is leverage in a lot of ways. I think, you know, being able to have leverage to operate how you want to operate to ultimately thrive and and be happy and do the things that you want to do and pursue in life. Um, I think that's, that's very important to, to try to have on some level at all times. Um, obviously sometimes you got to put in some mad work to be able to get leverage, but I think finding a place where you can have leverage, um, it, it helps so much and it allows you to kind of thrive in the ways that you want to and not maybe ways that seem successful to others. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes, and I might mess it up a little bit, but uh, Archimedes said, if you give me 
a fulcrum and a lever, I can lift the world. And with a fulcrum and a lever, you can have the leverage to do pretty much anything. All right, man, yep. we, at the, we at the end of this, we're done. But I want to ask you one last question, just it's to good. kind of start an argument, because I'm going to post this too. <laughs> Kobe, Jordan, or Braun, in which order and why? Well, I got Kobe. Kobe, right thank me. you. Thank I you. I got Kobe right thank behind you. me. So <laughs> I I'm saw always that. rocking with the. I'm always rocking with the mama. You know what I mean? Better because... Put some respect on my man's name. Not putting him hey, in these hey. combos. Hey, I'm I'm rocking with the mama. You know what I'm saying? Because really, I think for one, there's a little bit of bias to it because it's my generation. But yeah, I think he could do everything that Jordan could do, everything. essentially. Like there was nothing Jordan could do that Kobe couldn't do at the highest of levels. Maybe you could try to get real meticulous and try to say, oh, Jordan can jump two inches higher than Kobe, but it's like, all right, you can have that. But as far as, you know, just being able to do it all and, and being able to kind of do it his way, I'm rocking with Kobe, baby, first and foremost. Then I'm gonna rock with Jordan because Kobe learned from Jordan. <laughs> yo, 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 pause, pause. So Casey, Casey gotta, said- I do gotta give- I see Casey. I, yeah, I admit my bias. I admit my bias, man. <laughs> but but I do got to pay Jordan enough respect because, like I said, Kobe learned from Jordan. And then I'll go with LeBron at three. Um, and I think, you know, the mentality is what I really lean into more when it comes to Kobe and when it comes to, Le I mean, uh, Jordan in particular. But mm -hmm. I think LeBron is very strong for what he's taking on as not just a basketball player, but as an influencer in this mm -hmm. world. And I really respect and commend that a lot. And as of late, I've started to respect it and commend it more than maybe I did earlier on in his career. You know, we always watch first take in all these shows. Yo, me, you, Casey, and someone else, we can get, I can get five, six people on this live. We can, we can argue get some of our own stuff. Start hey, a podcast and just start it. arguing our own stuff. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because in my opinion, Kobe's the best player ever. LeBron has the best stats ever. And Jordan had the best career ever. That's what I say. I like it. I like it. You know what I mean? What I like mean? it. But I mean, but I mean, are you basing career on wins and losses? Or what are you basing career on? <sighs> See? I just, I'm biased, bro. I just love Kobe so much. Like, <laughs> he literally, he's part of my identity is because of him. The, yeah. the wanting to go through struggle, the not communicating right. to certain people. Like, I'm literally just like him. And he, like, he's, you know, there's my dad, my mom, and and the people we look up to. And it's really, it's the people I look up to the most are my parents. But then Kobe's right there behind him, you know? Yeah, facts, facts, facts. Now, yeah. I hear you 100%. We, we going to get a chip this year? Yo, we did well. We did well in the offseason. Well. Did well, yeah. I'm I think, so yeah, I think the Lakers gonna double it back this year, man. Yeah, man. Especially with my boy Clay out. With Clay out, I think it's it's gonna get nasty. But I do think the Warriors will still be sneaky good. I think yeah. Ubre was a good pickup, but mm -hmm. yeah, as of right now, it's looking like the Lakers gonna run it back. Brown gonna have five of them things. Man, I was sad when I heard about Clay, man. Um, yeah. You know, these Achilles injuries, I don't think they're too arbitrary. They got to figure out what's going on in the training down there. But, man, we uh, hope he has a quick recovery because I wanted to Facts. see I wanted to see old ball team with big man like us, you know, with the big man 
play against small ball team with the best shooters ever, and ever. I wanted and I wanted to beat them. Yeah, just that to show was, these that athletic, was gonna be tough. just to that show these analytic dudes that <laughs> that the eyeball test and just knowing hoop is is on another level, man. All right, Devin, thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, let everybody yeah, know thanks for having me. what you're working on, where they can find you. I got your uh, your Instagram right below you here and um, where they can connect with you. And, yeah, we got to come back on and, and argue some some stuff, me, you, Raul, Naeem, and just and – just, It's just good. Hoop, hoop, hoop start next month, so, mm-hmm. so I'm with it for sure. I'm with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, go subscribe to the Wake Up and Win podcast. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that that's my podcast that I hosted. I talked about a bit earlier. Um, I also host a podcast for my job, Street Roots. It's called the Street Roots Podcast. So, yeah. you know, I, I host that for the organization. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter. That's where I do majority of my posting at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, man, just, you know, check me out wherever you can. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm releasing content all over the place because, like I said, I do so many different things. So if you really follow those two pages – you can really kind of, or listen to the podcast because yeah. I talk about it all on the podcast. You yeah. can really stay up to date with what I'm doing and my journey, and you know we keep him, we gonna keep on putting one foot in front of the other. There you go, yo. You see his Instagram? Go follow him. You can catch everything he does on all of them. I mean, just look at this picture, man. And this wasn't even my favorite picture. The one on your avatar I couldn't find. Just uh-huh. with, with the audience <laughs> behind and just with the headphones. That's lit right there. That's super yeah. lit. And so I ain't gonna lie, that's so fun. Like like we was talking about it earlier, man. Uh-huh. Covering those games live and commentating for those games live, mm-hmm. super fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's giving me, you know, it's D one, so it's giving me a lot of TV experience as mm-hmm. well. You know, on that lens too. So mm-hmm. it's it's super fun to do. Uh, I enjoy it, and I get to be around the game. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine life not being around the game. So you know, being able to stay in it and in, in a in a situation. Um, where it still matters, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like not just being a fan, but, you know, being employed and, and being a part of the production of what this outcome is going to be for this game. It's super dope. It's a blessing to still be able to do. Yo, that's super dope, man. It's it's crazy where sports could take you and where the love of a game can take Absolutely. you and, and, and bring you together around a uh, common uh, goal and uh, values, man. Yo, thank you for hopping on again. Uh, make sure it's you guys good. are telling Devin. Uh, thank you guys for watching this show live. Remember to share it, like it. It's going to be on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere. Share it. Um, and um, hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time, peace. Ready? Welcome to the Success Code where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the success code. Success code.